Happy day, Rosario Garcia with Why Jesus. Hoping you are having a great day. There's been lots going on today. Um, around here, high winds that kind of mess things up a little bit for a lot of people. I'm hoping that everyone was blessed to not have any family hurt by it. Uh, we can always clean up and uh, rebuild, but we can't deal with people who um, have been hurt by it in the same way. So I'm hoping your family's great. You're doing great. Let's keep up a positive attitude, keep moving forward, and keep praying for those around us and our families as well. So. Today, I am excited to share with you uh, the week of August 24th through 30th. And these are the chapters in Helaman, chapter 7 through 12. And um, for those of you that are just with us today, welcome. We invite you to join us and uh, grow with us. And hopefully we can make a difference in our lives and lives of others around us. So you have access to this lesson yourself um, if you want to follow along. Um, if you want to go into LDS.org and go down to library and under that do the Come Follow Me manual and then choose the Individual and Family manual and then the Book of Mormon, and then find the week of August 24th through 30th. Uh, you can also just go to LDS.org and do a search for Come Follow Me, and then choose Individual and Families, Book of Mormon, and then the week. So that's kind of how you can do it. You can also uh, download the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints app onto your phone and find it under library as well. So, come follow me, Manuel. Uh, this particular lesson is titled, Remember the Lord. And it's got some awesome headings, like uh, prophets reveal the will of God. Signs and miracles are helpful, but not sufficient to build enduring faith. Pondering invites revelation. The Lord wants me to remember him. And so those are our sections, and they are packed full of great things going on. And so I am going to read to you uh, because they say it so much better than I could. And so in this particular uh, time or era, we had uh, Alma the prophet who um, kind of did a farewell talk with every one of his sons and he left his son Helaman in charge of the scriptures or the writing down the history of the people, um, in particular, their spiritual history. 
And so Helaman um, had children of himself. And in this particular uh, section, one of his sons is named Nephi, just like the first uh, settler of the promised land. Uh, he was a, a great prophet himself, Nephi, the first Nephi. So here's this prophet in this uh, later on who is just one of God's choicest um, followers who has no fear of what man can do to him because of his faith in Christ. So he's dealing with a very, very wicked, stiff-necked, hard, hard-hearted people, uh, very proud. And so it, it takes a very strong prophet to deal with people like that. And Nephi and Lehi were such uh, great role models in dealing with um, just very proud and vain people. And so this what is going on here. It says, Nephi's father Helaman had urged his sons to remember, remember, he wanted them to remember their ancestors, remember the words of the prophets, and most of all, remember our Redeemer, who is Christ. It is clear that Nephi did remember, because this is the same message he declared years later with unwariness. How could you have forgotten your God? He asked. All of Nephi's efforts, preaching, praying, performing miracles, and petitioning God for a famine were attempts to help the people turn to God and remember Him. In many ways, forgetting God is a bigger problem even than not knowing Him. And it is easy to forget Him when our minds are distracted by the vain things of this world and clouded by sin. But as Nephi's ministry shows, it's never too late to remember and turn unto the Lord your God. So, there we have it. That is kind of what's going to happen here in this particular lesson. Is that he is talking about remembering God, remembering our Savior. And so, give you a little bit of a geographical um, vision of how things are described in this particular time frame. Uh, there apparently is like a highway or a street that uh, where people, you know, walk by um, going to their main city um, or villages and uh, just next to it is a, a tower and up on that tower Nephi the prophet goes up to pray regularly and he prays out loud and so some of the people that are walking by can see him hear him and such and so this is kind of how this particular scene plays out um, 
Nephi has tried preaching and praying for these people. Um, he kind of feels like it's a lost cause. These people don't want to hear about God and Jesus. They're just wicked, um, not recognizing their sins and need for repentance. And so and just God sends Nephi to talk to the people and they don't want to hear it. And then he's leaving and then God says, go back. And he goes back and he begins to tell people, you know, repent or you're going to be destroyed. And of course, just like in previous times and previous prophets, people just kind of laugh at him or get really angry at him and want to get rid of him. So he's got a history with these people. They really don't like him a whole lot. They don't accept him as a prophet. Some do and some don't. The majority of them don't. But those that do are kind of afraid of him because they see he's got great power. I mean, God really does listen to him. And so, but what he does is not good enough for those that reject him. And so there's always that thing going on, you know, the snares trying to catch him in a lie and trying to destroy him as a prophet. And those that are like, don't touch him. He will bring, you know, a curse upon us. Just leave him alone type of thing. So in these chapters, there's a very um, similar thing going on in the, in the government, in the power, uh, political struggle in their day, similar to what we're facing. Um, the leader of the country... Um, and the spiritual leader are different. Uh, sometimes it's the same, like Alma was both the prophet and the political leader, but he gave up the political leadership so he can go preach repentance and bring more people unto Christ again. And so um, Nephi did a similar thing. And so who he left in the political leadership uh, and just these very wicked people who had wicked judges and wicked um, attorneys and whatever not um, plotted um, through through someone to kill their political leader. And so here is Nephi telling the people to repent, to turn to God and they're like why should we believe you and then he says something like well just so that you know that I'm telling the truth and know that I have the power to know through God what is going on and I can see right through you guys your political leader has just been uh, assassined and you can find him in a pool of blood and um, and so they send five people to go check it out. And sure enough, 
the the leader is dead in a pool of his blood and um those five people kind of fainted when they saw this and realized oh my gosh nephi is a prophet he he foresaw this oh my gosh so they kind of fainted and they later get taken in by the people because they think they are the killers of the leader but the bottom line so um as the other people find out the the judges and the lawyers that are against nephi find out that in fact the political leader was dead what do they do instead of believing him that he's a prophet they said, okay, who did you conspire with? You knew this beforehand. You were trying to trick us and you conspired with someone to kill him that it may look like you knew in advance, but you didn't. You just pre-planted. Who did you conspire against or with to have our political leader killed? And Nephi, you know, he's not a mild leader or prophet he's like oh wicked people how long will the god above stay his hand from destroying you because you're so wicked and perverse and so so he goes okay well i'll tell you what i'll even tell you who the killer is and so he tells them that it was the brother of the leader that killed him and that they can go to his house and ask him if he has killed his brother and he'll deny it and then um then when he denies it examine his his skirt and you'll find blood on his skirt and then ask him where does this blood come from is this from the blood of your brother that you killed and when you say that he will look ill and finally confess that he did it and so sure enough these wicked lawyers and judges go and they do exactly as nephi told him and they catch the brother and the brother confesses the brother says nephi was not part of it he had no clue so he exonerates nephi and tells him nobody knew i did it on my own so bottom line you would think that would be a good enough sign for these wicked and perverse people so that they can start repenting of their sins and turning to God. Well, no, not good enough. So we learned that even though some people have some great signs telling them of the power of God, they still don't care because they want to continue living the way they want to with no accountability before God. And so... Um, this is a kind of prophet that is among these people that he is giving them signs. He tells them how it is. He doesn't beat around the bush and telling them how wicked they are. Um, but yet they're still so proud and into the vain things of the world that they don't care. So one particular day, Nephi is praying upon this tower that is close to the street and he is in such anguish of soul over the wickedness of the people in his city 
I mean, he is literally sobbing and petitioning under God to um, help the people soften their hearts and mind. And I mean, he is just in agony praying and the people that are walking by are so enthralled by this man grieving so heavily that they find it odd. So they start calling people to come and hear him and see him. And when Nephi is done praying and petitioning and grieving for all of these people and their wickedness and asking God for help and changing their heart and mind, he realizes that he's got a big crowd there just kind of looking upon him. And so he cries repentance to them. And, of course, they don't really care. Some did, but the majority didn't. And so um, he gets so... What's the word? Um, he just wants the people to understand how God is so important and how they need to um, obey his laws and look up to him and um, so that they can be blessed and these people don't want to do it so he, Nephi gets so fed up that he petitions God he actually prays for God to send a famine on the land and God loves Nephi because he's so obedient and he's proved himself to be someone that loves God and his will and uh, someone that will serve him and serve his fellow man and so he petitions God praise to God that he may send a famine upon this people so that the famine may stir them up to a remembrance of him or that it may stir them up to uh, reconsider um, their sins and, and turn around and start being obedient to the gospel. So for a few years, this famine goes on and people are dying left and right. And then they began to remember the words of Nephi and see that everything's being fulfilled when he told them they were going to be destroyed because they were too proud etc. So they're like, oh my gosh, we better start paying attention. So they actually do start admitting their sins and asking for forgiveness and praying and turning to God. And so it's amazing that sometimes it takes our trials and hardships to turn us back to God. And uh, we, we hold on dearly to our sins because we think we're fine. There's nothing wrong with the way I'm living. Um, I should be able to have a, a happy life and have the money I want and have the house that I want and have the things that I want. I shouldn't be struggling like I am and that type of thing. And so you kind of get mad with God and at the same time don't care and you continue living 
unrighteously. Nephi sees this left and right, and he's like, oh, they're not going to learn unless they get forced to be humbled. And so this famine um, literally does that. And, you know, talk about um, the similarities in what we're going through. You know, we have political unrest. I'm sure many people want to kill our leader. Um and, um, you know, just put someone in their stead that will allow them to do whatever it is they want to do and continue uh, living unrighteously. Um, and here we have uh, prophets in the land who are trying to help us and tell us the way to strengthen ourselves, to overcome these trials and we could care less. I'm, you know, there's plenty of people that have access to this prophet, and yet they don't consider their words, their words worth a whole lot. And so I'm just going, wow, we're really ripe for destruction here when we don't pay attention to the prophets. So I see what's happened in the past repeating itself today and I'm just going holy cow we are about to face destruction like these people did because the majority of the people don't want to change don't want to live their sins behind don't want to repent we're trying to take God out of the country we're trying to kill our leaders uh, we don't respect the opinions or you know what people voted for and we want our own thing. It's, you know, what we want or the highway type of thing of mentality. And it's the same thing these people were going through. And then they face this horrible hardship of famine in the land. And that brought them to their knees enough to repent and seek God, it makes you wonder, are we about to experience that? I mean, we've seen some pretty gnarly things happening with our food chain and uh, supplies that are greatly needed, not being able to find them anywhere. And we know that we are just days away from not having food in our stores if something happens to the trucking system uh, we know that there's laws the government has taken over the food chain here in many ways by giving that uh, control over to the big companies and taking it away from the small businesses so literally if they decide to shut down or close the doors because they want us to do something that we don't want to do we won't be able to buy food so I'm just thinking here holy cow this might be a different kind of famine but we can potentially be in the same shoes that these people were back in the day so I am just what's the word in awe 
of how history repeats itself in, in many ways and how we face similar situations and how we uh, may choose to learn from our um, experiences or not, um, or we may choose to turn to God or not. But if we look back at this history of these people, it it definitely is in our best interest to turn to God. The quicker we do that, the quicker we may see some relief. And so I am going to kind of explain the role of a prophet a little bit. Uh, it says here... Um, that a prophet, what does a prophet do? And it says it reveals, he reveals the will of God. It says, um, it, uh, the other thing that he does is prophets cry repentance and warn the consequences of sin. Uh, the other is, prophets know by revelation from God what the people need to hear. Uh, prophets are given the power to seal on earth and in heaven. And uh, we saw or heard of examples of with this prophet Nephi that he basically cried repentance and told people that they were going to be destroyed because they weren't willing to give up their sins. Um, God received that revelation from God and he was basically told what to say. And then we saw that Nephi had the power to seal on earth. Uh, whatever he sealed here would be sealed in heaven. And by what we mean by that is that God gives them power when he knows that they will not ask for something other than God's will, he gives them power to ask righteously what they want to have happen. And in this particular story, Nephi asked God to send a famine to stir people into repentance. And God did that. Whatever... Nephi petitioned righteously. God granted that. And later on in the story, after people start dying and he sees that people are turning to God, they start remembering God and remembering how they didn't live the commandments and how they were not grateful for what they had, etc., etc., how they killed their leaders and they were wicked, etc. They began to recognize all the things that they were doing wrong and they started turning to God. But yet the famine continued on and they were about to die. And Nephi said, Okay, God, I thank you that these people are changing their ways. Um, they're going to die on this famine unless you send rain again. And he said, I can see that they're changing. Look, they've done this. They're doing good here and there. 
can you send rain now and help them, um, you know, have food to eat now that they may have a good harvest? And God does that. So we saw that Nephi had the power to seal things on earth and seal them in heaven, meaning God would grant it, granted it here on earth through the power in heaven. So prophets have that power. And we have a prophet today who the very manual that we have in our hands right now that is literally going parallel with what we're living here currently and what these people were living with in the past. This particular manual came through prophet revelation that this th we needed to have this kind of manual for us to learn in our homes rather than just having a teacher at church teach us about it. He wanted this particular manual to be a way that we, our own families, learned individually uh, rather than just learning it at church. Great revelation. I can see the wisdom in it now. And God knew there was going to be COVID-19 and that we were not, not going to be able to go to church um, for a while. And so he put this manual in our hands so that we could have it before COVID came. And once COVID hit, we realized, oh my gosh, this man is inspired of God. He receives revelation to prepare us so that we can still have the word of God and be learning and growing and strengthening ourselves against the evil day and the wicked darkness that is coming over us. That is a great testimony to me of the power this particular prophet has in this current day. And he's a prophet for the whole world, but only a few, a handful of people are smart enough to listen to him and follow him. So I can testify to you that the prophets are the mouthpiece of God and we're not alone in this crisis. We have God, our Father, leading us through the prophet. His name is Russell M. Nelson uh, for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but he's a prophet of the whole world. Um, the next section talks about signs and miracles are helpful but not sufficient to build enduring faith. It says here, If signs or miracles were enough to change a person's heart, then all of the Nephites would have been converted by the remarkable signs Nephi gave and it says here, but because many of them still hardened their hearts um, and they were wicked and often reacted to signs and miracles in a way that was insignificant, um, we can see 
that signs are not effective, but yet you hear a lot of people, I would believe if God would just show me a sign. Well, some people do, but the majority of them don't. So signs don't work in their benefit, but they work against them to condemn them because even after they see the sign, they still don't turn to God. So now it turns against them. So bottom line, we have plenty of stories in the Bible and in the Book of Mormon that, you know, where people ask for signs. I mean, Doubting Thomas was one of those, you know, his own disciple of Jesus Christ didn't even believe him that he was resurrected uh, even after the other ones told him that they had seen him. And so, you know, there's just that element there. Some people will want a sign before they believe, but that is not truly where conversion is to Christ. And so, signs and miracles usually anchor the faithful even more to Jesus Christ. That's who those signs and miracles were made for. But I'm just saying, don't catch yourself saying, if God showed me a sign, I would believe. Because that's not the way you get a testimony of Jesus Christ. The way you get it is by actually saying, I choose to believe, but I'm going to test this out. I am going to read my scriptures. I am going to live the commandments. I am going to serve my neighbor, judge less, whatever. And I want God to be able to make me feel that I am on the right path. And he will, I promise. And so that's how we actually have to take action on our faith and have a desire, put it into action, and then the action turns into strength and faith and we're able to recognize God's hand in everything around us from as we keep exercising our faith. That's how we build a testimony. We don't build it upon signs and miracles necessarily. And so the last section here talks about pondering invites revelation and I don't know if you guys uh, you've heard what revelation is and just trying to explain it in, in a simple way but basically is everyone is entitled to receive answers from God and that's what we call revelation answers from God uh, the simple revelation we get is when our prayers are answered. You can call that as part of a revelation received from God. Um, but then there are uh, the revelation where sometimes we may not be petitioning, but we get a certain thought or idea that we know for a fact I wasn't thinking about that I wasn't planning on that uh, th that was not me thinking about this this was the farthest thing away from my mind 
and yet that thought came and that enlightenment and is telling you to do something and you're like uh-huh i wonder where this came from <laughs> well that more than likely comes from god if it's good and righteous it comes from god and the simple way that i can explain that is how often have we thought of a family member or a friend or a neighbor uh, and we think oh i should go over and you know say hello i haven't talked to this friend or neighbor for a while i should just go over and say hello and we don't follow through on that i believe those are actually um signs of revelation god is telling us to go do that through the holy ghost but we're not doing it so what happens is that when those thoughts come and we don't heed them we don't do them then we don't get those thoughts or ideas or enlightenment as often um, anymore but what does happen is if we do get those thoughts and we follow through on them the more we follow through on those thoughts that we know are not from us the more we receive and if you start pondering on like huh i wonder what you know this is about i'm gonna go do it but i wonder what it's about um oh well i'm gonna go serve my neighbor they must be in need of something and you don't know what it is but you go and offer your help it's usually after the fact after we follow the promptings and the nudgings of the spirit that we realize why those people may have been praying for someone to come help they may have been praying for a very specific thing that you were able to say or do for them and that's how god uses us and so it's through revelation he really does speak to us he enlightens our mind our thoughts our heart to do certain things and um, and the other is obviously answering certain prayers um, but so let me read quickly here it says if you ever felt trodden down anxious or confused you might learn an important lesson from Nephi's example on Helaman 10 2 to 4 um, I'm going to read that to you and uh, just to show you that um, what Nephi was doing then, um, and let's see if I can get to that section. So Helaman chapter 10, verses 2 to 4, and that says the following. All right, let's see if I got there. It says, And it came to pass that Nephi went his way toward his own house, pondering upon the things which the Lord had, had shown unto him. And it came to pass that as he was thus pondering, being much cast down because of the wickedness of the people of the Nephites, their secret works of darkness, and their murderings and their plunderings, and all manner of iniquities. And it came to pass that as he was thus pondering in his heart 
Behold, a voice came unto him, saying, Blessed art thou, Nephi, for those things which thou hast done. For I have beheld how thou hast with unweariness declared the word which I have given unto thee, unto this people, and thou hast not feared them, and hast not sought thine own life, but hast sought my will, and to keep my commandments. And now, because thou hast done this with such unweariness, behold, I will bless thee forever, and I will make thee mighty in word and in deed, in faith and in works, yea, even that all things shall be done unto thee according to thy word, for thou shalt not ask that which is contrary to my will. Behold, thou art Nephi, and I am God. Behold, I declare it unto thee in the presence of mine angels, that ye shall have power over this people, and shall smite the earth with famine, and with pestilence and destruction, according to the wickedness of this people. Behold, I give unto you power, that whatsoever ye shall seal on earth shall be sealed in heaven, and whatsoever ye shall loose on the earth shall be loose in heaven, and thus shall ye have power among this people. And thus, if ye shall say unto this temple, It shall be rent in twain, it shall be done. And if ye shall say unto this mountain, Be thou cast down, and become smooth, it shall be done. And behold, if ye shall say that God shall smite this people, it shall come to pass. And now behold, I command you that ye shall go and declare unto this people that thus saith the Lord God, who is the Almighty, except ye repent, ye shall be smitten even unto destruction. And now behold, now it came to pass that when the Lord had spoken these words unto Nephi, he did stop and did not go unto his own house, but did return unto the multitudes who were scattered about upon the face of the land and began to declare unto them the word of the Lord, which had been spoken unto him concerning their destruction, if they did not repent. Now behold, Notwithstanding the great miracle which Nephi had done in telling them concerning the death of the chief judge, they did harden their hearts and did not hearken unto the words of the Lord. So, this was an incredible example of how God talks to prophets and how prophets are eager to tell the people what they need to do and it says here nephi did not fear the people nephi did not he was not shy about what he had to say and so this we must understand the prophets are not going to tell us something that we're going to be thrilled to hear because it's usually the truth hurts you know, and if they're telling us we're sinning and we need to repent, that doesn't usually feel good. Um, 
but you know some people are like okay i do need to change and some people are like kill him who is he to tell us such thing you know and so in any event but they're the mouthpiece of the lord and god gives them strength and courage to tell it like it is so don't ever think of a prophet as someone that's going to tell you oh you know eat drink and be merry for tomorrow we die and god will just smack us a little bit but he'll let us into heaven anyways that's not gonna happen it's not the prophets are gonna tell it like it is and so we need to be humble enough to say hey this comes from god i better listen or i'm going to pay horrible consequences if i don't so i love that it says pondering revelation or pondering the words that God is telling us or the enlightenment we feel. If we ponder upon that, um, it invites for it to happen more often. And the last part of this, it says, the Lord wants me to remember him. It says here, on Helaman chapter 12, Mormon was abridging the record in which he summarizes the lessons learned on the account of Nephi in these chapters. It says, you might um, make a list of some of the things that Helaman, excuse me, that Nephi was um, feeling like he needed to remember. And so it says here, you might even make a list of the things Mormon says um, cause people to forget the Lord uh, and, and the things that cause people to help remember him. So you might want to look at the list of what is causing us to forget the Lord. It's usually pride or sinful state of mind. Um, the focus on the vain things of the world or information or technology or whatever you want to call it, um, you know, seeking, seeking for riches or to have certain things in life uh, rather than to seek, seeking first the, the kingdom of God. Um, what are some of the things that we need to know or we need to figure out that we need to change. Well, we need to examine our heart. Like I said before in a few podcasts back, we need to ponder the state of our heart and our mind. If we are getting closer to God, we're on the right track. If we're getting further and further away from God, yeah, we're not in a good spot. Not in a good spot. Um... There's a scripture that says, when you do what I say, you um, you have a prom God's promise. When you do not what he says, you have not God's promise. So basically, God cannot give you the good consequences of obedience. Um, because that's kind of, you have to make that righteous choice. If you don't, then you have a negative consequence of not following God's commandments. And it's just that uh, you choose. He doesn't do it for you. So in any event, um, 
powerful, powerful chapters. Uh, the most important part is that we need to figure out how we can remember the Lord Jesus Christ the most. And I'll tell you, um, for me is uh, Sunday. I, I do my best to be able to go to church or have it in my home. Um, and to me, that, that makes me feel better about my whole week. Um, also, being able to read this manual and, and go through the scriptures, um, it just makes me feel so much better. And so whatever it is that you need to do to help you remember him, that's what you need to do. There's not going to be a master list that everyone has to go by because everyone's different. But for sure, the one sure thing that will help you remember him is by reading his scriptures on a daily basis. Um, praying is fabulous too, but... Um, I don't go deep into pondering um, when I just pray instead of reading my scriptures. I ponder more deeply and see God's hand more deeply in my life when I read the scriptures. So you figure out what your list should be and that as long as it puts you on the path to God, you're going the right way. And so I wanted to just say God loves you. He loves everyone. We are all his children. And he wants nothing more than to be able to help us through these hard times. And the only way we can help ourselves through these hard times is by coming closer to him so that we can feel the revelation. We can feel what he's trying to tell us and how he's trying to guide us um, so that we can find the answers that we're looking for a lot more quickly. Uh, because... If you don't do anything to get close to God and then you pray one night and you expect an answer, but yet you haven't changed anything about uh, how you may prepare yourself to receive that answer. If you're still, you know, spending hours on social media and on your phone and doing all these things, you're not giving the Lord a chance of being quiet and still enough for you to hear what he's saying because I'll tell you this much he's not going to shout it out at you God usually reveals his things by small and simple things in a whisper in a thought and pondering that's why it's so important for that we need to be still and quiet to be able to hear the Spirit just talk to our heart and our mind. So, best of luck to all of you. We can do this. Um, we can bring upon blessings upon ourselves and our families by coming closer to God. And that is my prayer uh, for you and your loved ones. And I will talk to you guys next time. Rosa Garcia signing up from Why Jesus.